1: Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Addie Oye Jr. And joining me is the Texas Treat, Latino heat, clicking heads and ripping them to the shreds, the rooting, tooting, three-point shooting, Nitro Rifle, a.k.a. Twitch.tv, slash Andy Cortez.
2: What a morning, indeed. Blessing. What a morning. What a morning. How's it going? How much did I nail that? Because I was, I was kind of freestyling a little you bit. You nailed all of it, you just missed globetrotting, headshotting. Globetrotting, headshotting. Yeah. There it is. There it is. Going. How's your morning going? Uh, it's great. Um, I woke up to a lot of news about Hyperlight Breaker, mm. and it's like they knew I was going to be on Games Daily. They yeah. knew it. They had a feeling. They heard it. Yeah. We, we all sort of coordinated. I hit up Daniel Odara. I was like, "Hey, tell my homies, homies at Heart Machine, that I'm going to be on Games Daily today. Let's break this today. Let's yep. break the news today."
1: Know? Of course, uh, Greg's been hyping up that. We're going to get Andy on Tuesday on KFGD. We're going to get Andy. We're going to get Andy. And everybody thought that meant Andrea Renee. <laughs> no, I meant Andy Cortez. Andrea Renee, unfortunately, couldn't make it. But we got the next best thing, of course. The What was it? The best games journalist? The number one, number game one games journalist? journalist. Yeah. The number one games journalist, Andy Cortez. Here to talk about today's news story. Stories like... PS5 Pro reportedly being in development. Hyper Breaker looks dope and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or you can listen later on podcast services around. The globe by searching for kinda funny games daily. Remember, you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show at to kind of KFGD to write in with your questions, squad ups, and more. And remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content housekeeping for you strapping because we got a lot of it the last of the spoiler cast with neil Druckmann is up right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny uh wednesday march 15th right after kfgd that's tomorrow greg miller and snowak mike are gonna bust ghosts live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games and two-point campus school spirits dlc which is now available on pc playstation xbox and switch and you can get two-point campus for 30 percent off during the steam spring sale from march 16th to the 23rd and playstations essential sale from march 15th through the 29th kind of funny game showcase returns next monday as a seven-hour stream featuring 14 games you can come hang out all day on twitch and youtube starting at 10 a.m pacific time uh, and for weeks now andy has carried mike and nick through the lands between in their seamless co-op elden ring playthrough you can join them this friday as andy puts his sanity and possibly his health on the line as they try to play all day long with your help during their Elden Ring mini marathon stream, how far are you guys in Elden Ring now?
2: Oh, we just got to Volcano Manor. Oh, so you guys are really far. Well, you know, we got to Radon, and you know, Radon gave it to us quite a bit. Um, oh yeah. We got to the Radon Festival. We were all there, uh, super hydrated, drink a lot of water before this big festival. We had VIP tickets. We got into like the cool love a good festival. influencer tent uh, at the Radon Festival. Where are you guys doing, Molly? We, all of us were, yeah, oh, and that's shit. partly why Radon <laughs> just gave it to us. We just, like, we couldn't last, and I was like, you know what? Let's move on to something else, so we got to Volcano Manor. Um, so you, did, you didn't beat Radon? We did not beat Radon, um, no. I mean, we, we attempted, like, five or six tries, and it's like, we're waiting for uh, the Messiah, Steve's the Source, which is um, Mike's character. Again, okay. uh, just to reiterate, Steve's the Source, um, Mike spelled Source, S O U R ce like the word source yeah but it's short for sorcerer which doesn't have a u uh because he decided to be a That's mage. Great. but we're we're waiting for steve's source to come back because we need our third person to be a long range freaking dude throwing all sorts of spells because mm-hmm. that helps take the aggro off of me and nick who are up there in the front lines you know it's a disaster i don't know why i do what, this to myself what
1: level is mike in the game is he actually doing the thing where he goes in and, and upgrades the stats, or is he just fucking he, getting rid of all, of all of his souls?
2: He's finally leveling up. He's finally learned. It only took him 300-plus hours uh, playing on the playthrough that he and I have been playing through. Um, he's actually leveling up, and he actually, you know, I did have to level up his weapon after he hadn't leveled it up after what? Again, you know, we got to Redon, and it took him, like, all that time to level up. Well, what what kind of weapon, weapon is he using? He was using a uh, a mace that like uh, it's a holy weapon because he's a mm. he's a faith build Jesus Christ we use the oh, power, yeah, yeah. power of Jesus Christ praise him so he's um, using like magic out of that yeah he's using yeah the faith the it, it's like a faith kind of mace that like when uh-huh. you are it's sort of like Zelda style when you're full health it shoots that beam that wave oh, of like gold Jesus power don't work on that right. Yeah, Mike's whole thing. I mean, back in the day, bless, He had his wizard had a staff, and he was like, Well, the staff's made out of wood. Why would the blacksmith work on that? I don't know where to take this. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just pray for me, dude. I'm, I'm praying. Just I'm pray praying for me, bro. Praise him.
1: Uh, and then, as a reminder, it is review season still. Uh, so, episodes of Gamescast, PS Love You, uh, could be pushed around this week. Keep a lookout on your podcast feeds for new episodes. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Tripod Plus Plus and Delaney Twining. Today, we're brought to you by Honey, but. We'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today.
2: A baker's dozen.
1: Starting with our number one. First of all, I see somebody in the chat saying, isn't review season in the fall? Review season is all year now. It's year-round. These games don't stop coming out. The spring season is the new fall. And so, yeah, look forward to some more reviews this week and probably in weeks to come. Um, but for story number one, this is a new report. And this is interesting because it's coming off of a conversation that me and Tim had, what, about a week or so ago about the PlayStation 5 Pro. This is from Tom Henderson at Insider Gaming who reports that the PS5 Pro is in development, could release late 2024. Uh, his report reads like this insider gaming sources have confirmed that the ps5 pro is in development and could release with a tentative release date of late 2024 insider gaming previously reported that a new playstation 5 with a detachable disk drive is scheduled to release later this year it's understood that this new model will phase out the current playstation 5 to cut down on production and shipping costs in spite of the widespread reports this is not the ps5 pro model This is, is, quote, just the beginning of new hardware coming to PlayStation users this generation, said one source when talking about the detachable disk drive console. As for what the PS5 specs will entail, details are limited. However, a recently published patent by PlayStation architect Mark Cerny suggests that Sony Interactive Entertainment is looking to accelerate ray tracing performance in video games. Just like with the PS4 to the PS4 Pro, we can generally guess uh, pretty confidently that the PS5 Pro will have increased visuals, performance, and speeds, but as for leaked details, we'll have to wait until a later date to release those. Now, Andy, when I think about you, right, I think about PC, and I think about PC specs, and one of the conversations I was having with Tim when we were last talking about this was, what does a PS5 Pro bring? Do we have... A reason to bust out a PS5 Pro mid-generation, right? With the PS4 Pro, that came with the promise of 4K re- resolution. That came with the promise of HDR. So 8K on the box. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll say 8K on the box of the PS5. I think. Oh right, right. Yeah, which like you know maybe that's what the PS5 Pro, Pro is bringing. My question for you is, somebody who is tuned into the the ray tracing and DLs, all that shit on the on the PC side, like good stuff. What would you guess is coming with the PS5 Pro in terms of features
2: on the box? it'll say you can play Gotham Knights in 60 frames per second. Now. Finally. Yeah. Finally. I thought you were going to say 16K. <laughs> no, it'll say 60 <laughs> frames per second. Um, I mean, you got to assume that they are just trying to help bolster and get closer to what a PC skew might be. I don't know if that's to maybe help out their future releases on PC and help sort of mitigate any issues that they encounter whenever one of the PC versions of the games gets out and shocker it's not working super well or it's super unoptimized maybe they're trying to get closer to what a, a pc spec can be so they can try to keep things a bit more uniform um i mean you got to assume that they are just going I, I when i read this news bless i in my mind it's a lot sooner than we would think mm-hmm. but the pandemic was a long time ago like when it started and that was in the fall or winter of 2020 yeah and To me, that just seems like it happened a year ago. But it's like, that kind of makes sense to have a pro model come out four years later. That kind of seems like it makes sense, especially when we talk about these eight to ten year cycles for these consoles. I would just assume it's going to have better GPU performance, um, a more consistent ability to get games to 60 frames per second Mm -hmm. without having massive resolution drops like we've seen Like, we saw in games like Stranger of Paradise, I don't want to single you out, Stranger of Paradise, but Mm. to be able to get 60 frames per second, that game had to run at, like, 480p, it seemed. And I feel like they do want to just lower the floor of what performance can be and look like on the PS5.
1: Yeah. I think when we're talking about timing-wise, this makes complete sense, right? I think usually when you're talking about console generations, you're aiming around, like, seven, eight years, depending on what generation we're talking about, and... I could see a future that we're 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 making our way towards where console generations might be getting longer and longer because it is right now we are having to ask the question of okay what is a PS5 Pro when we get to the PS6 what is the PS6 bringing I feel like right now there's not the big push in terms of what's happening in television or what's happening with fidelity on the PC side we talk a lot about um, things like DLSS and things like the, the what you what you get with NVIDIA and other stuff um, but are those core features that you can fit into a ps5 pro or into a next generation console that'll that you can put on a box to go hey this is why you're buying this thing like this is what is this is the next foray into what's taking games to the next level right i i I think that's what i think about in terms of why you would do a ps a, a, a pro console that said yeah if we're talking about seven eight years the ps5 came out end of 2020 end of 2024 sounds right that's that's around the halfway point of the generation you'd imagine. So I think <clears throat> that works out. What I would like, and this might be a simple request, I would like a, and I don't, and I don't know how feasible this is because I'm not a tech person, but the option to get performance and fidelity at the same time,
2: right? Like we've. Performance no- ray tracing, like with Spider Man Yeah, that. like
1: that kind of thing. But even that
2: but to I a greater like, extent. I feel like Insomniac has that shit so dialed in that they are one of the few to offer that experience where you get. Perf- all sort of the benefits of... Maybe you're not going to get 4K imagery, but you might get upscaling to 4K. Maybe you're not going to get every object ray traced, but like we saw in Ratchet and Clank, maybe, you know, Clank has ray tracing on it. And yeah. y- you could see, like, really nice reflections there. I think that Insomniac is killing the game with finding a middle ground. I just wish all of the developers would sort of follow suit.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think even with the performance ray tracing mode, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's still some there's still some ground you're giving up in terms of fidelity right because you have like three options there between fidelity uh performance and then performance with rt if i can get the best of all worlds and i can have a console that is able to make it so that more games are able to do hey you can play this in 60 fps or even like a higher frame rate uh along with High fidelity 4K visuals, and then also get the ray tracing. Like have all that stuff available at the same time. I think that would be the dream. I don't know enough to know if it's the console that's holding that stuff back, versus maybe just the difficulty of development and the resources that you are putting towards each each of those things. But for me, like a
2: bit of both, yeah, bit
1: of both, yeah. Like for me, that that's up there in terms of what I'd want. And then I'd like a smaller console. Like the PS5 is is a juggernaut, right? Like that thing is 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 huge, and having that sitting next to my desk, like that thing is like halfway up or maybe like even like more than half of my desk because I have it on the floor right next to where, uh, to where my desk is. Um, And so like if you can make it a bit more slimmer and then add in a bit more power, I think that'd be fire. But then aside from that, I honestly don't know what you would do for a PS5 Pro console that you can put on a box to make people go, oh, damn, I need to pick this thing up.
2: I don't know if there's anything you can do, honestly. I think if anything, maybe availability might be yeah. nicer. I think um for the enthusiast market, that's definitely where people are going to be I feel like that's where they're gonna target, but the overall, the overall fan base just wants the PS Five. Like, I don't see if, unless you're unless you're telling people, hey, guess what, you're gonna get all the sort of crazy uh, PC settings you might get for Call of Duty or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, whenever a shooter comes out on console, there's always the complaints about not enough settings for like, I want the full FOV slider. I want. All these sort of options that I get in a PC version. Um, Aside from that, I kind of agree with you. I think that is kind of a, a tougher thing to sell, especially when PS5s were only really made readily available within the last like six months or so, you know? Yeah. Mike, it sounds like Blessing wants the visual triangle. What's the what's the visual triangle? Oh, the visual triangle, blessing. Come on, it's something that I'm uh, trying to get off the ground. Going whenever okay. we do it, whenever we do. This sponsors- is like another
1: Wnds thing that I like uh, Andy Cortez patented terminology. Kind
2: you need of need to like publish a glossary. Kind of whenever we do uh, sponsorship stuff with Nvidia, you know they're always like Andy, like you love the tech that we do. Like, is there a way to talk about it? This is not sponsored by the way, but it's like Nvidia. You can buy this from me if you like the visual triangle, bless. Mm-hmm. Uh, resolution right yeah 4k 8k whatever the hell you want that stuff yeah frames per second 60 120 my favorite and on the bottom right like visual quality when it comes to like the highest textures ray tracing all that sort of shit why only get two of one bless when mm-hmm. you can get the best of all worlds within and that's, what I, LSS. And that's what I want that's what i
1: want right like and i i think that could be the move for the ps5 pro and mainly because i don't know what else is the move like what a, like, i don't know if there is a new hdr or a new like uh, a thing that is becoming more normalized when it comes to televisions, right? That like, that people are trying to get in their living room, right? Like the the average person is going to go to the get, to the store to get a PS5 Pro to then like pair it up with my new TV that has all these features. Is that a thing that's out there, or is there something we're missing? Is there something in terms of cloud technology that could be implemented with a PS5 Pro that could take it up to the next level? I guess that's the th- that that's the thing I'm curious about. Um, is DLs the DLSS? Is it is that an NVIDIA specific thing that's or NVIDIA specific? Is- yeah. Okay.
2: So AMD has their own version called FSR, um, and they are all sort of different tech that uh, sort of uses AI, in a sense, to make the game run better, where they'll they'll upscale. It's sort of like the old-school version of checkerboarding back yeah. in the day, you know? is there, do you but, think a, but DLSS, I think, is probably my favorite of all of them.
1: Do you think there's potential for a PlayStation to have their own original patented like DLSS technology that they could sell
2: it's extremely possible because I feel like the more and more these newer PC games come out uh now I think when you open up I'm not sure what game it was recently that I played bless but I'm used to always seeing like only DLSS Mm -hmm. and then FSR AMD's FSR is becoming more and more of a of a permanent option and now Intel has their own version and it it seems like everybody's sort of trying to make their own version of this upscaling technology there's i think even um bethesda or, or when i played um gosh when i played death loop mm-hmm. i feel like there was their own sort of game version of that in there as well and we're seeing more and more of these companies try to i'd say take the lead in this uh tech or maybe try to become second place because i know that uh, Nvidia and DLSS sort of are leading the way there and AMD is getting better and better with each new release I do feel like every sort of company wants their own piece of the pie there
1: Interesting Well, well we're going to have to see Story number two Hyperlight Breaker has been delayed to fall and it also looks dope as fuck uh, This comes from George Yang at GameSpot Developer Heart Machine and publisher Gearbox have announced that Hyper Light Breaker's early access period on Steam has been delayed to later this year in the fall. It was previously set to launch this spring. A new gameplay trailer was revealed showcasing the roguelite's features, including infinite open worlds and an endless amount of weapons to wield. Hyper Light is a 3D action-adventure game set in the world of Overgrowth, where players are tasked with overthrowing the Abyss King. The game can be played in either single-player or co-op. Hyperlight Breaker was first announced in March 2022 for PC as a follow up to 2016's Hyper Light Drifter. Now I saw this trailer this morning and I knew it was a dope trailer because as soon as I watched it, I was like, yo, I gotta tweet about this. But I tabbed over to Twitter and I saw that Andy Cortez had already tweeted about it. That's how I know when most of us are like, Yo, we gotta talk about this shit on Twitter, you know it's a banger. Andy, you are the number one hyperlight drifter fan in my life. In the world.
2: How do you feel watching this new trailer? Extremely excited. Um, especially after not falling completely in love with solar ash. This seems like exactly what I want from heart machine. It's sort of a 3d version of what we got with hyperlight drifter. Uh, hyperlight breaker is going to be a roguelite and that seems so sick as hell. It's essentially what it seems to me is like heart machines version of risk of rain. You can play it solo. You can play with multiple people, but each world is going to offer new challenges and you're going to have a, when they say new, uh, Endless loadouts or infinite loadouts or whatever, that gets me so excited because I feel like a couple of the roguelites I've played recently, especially with, um, with, uh, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the name. No, I mean, definitely, definitely Uh, not Returnal because Returnal like brings it with the weapon variety, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you may not have. Uh, the super sick weapon, but you have that shotgun with a slug shot. That's dope as hell, right? Um, I'm talking about the one where you're making your farm, where you're making your... uh, Oh, Cult of the Lamb? Cult of the Lamb. Cult of the Lamb kind of bummed me out um, because it (laughs) didn't bring all of the variety in in loadouts and going out on an adventure and feeling like, oh, shit, this time is going to be the run. I am so stacked because I have blah, 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 and this and that. Like when Mike, Nick, and I have played, um, we've played a shitload of, like, roguelite games. That's just kind of what we do after these kind of funny games daily streams. Um, And when we play this game called Myth Force, which is a four-player, uh looks like an 80s cartoon first-person mm-hmm. game, and you are crawling through dungeons, and you're getting the sickest, like, power-ups. That's the sort of stuff I want out of a roguelite. I've been recently playing... um the return of castlevania of death dead cells oh hell yeah a lot of fun like and that's the sort of loadout stuff that i really really look forward to with hyper breaker i really hope that they bring the heat with these infinite loadouts whatever that whatever that means i hope that it is going to kick ass because i want to go out knowing oh i have the weapon i love and I have this one ability that gives me health back on each hit. Like, exploring these worlds is going to be great. Their art direction is phenomenal. This game is going to be so awesome.
1: Yeah. I it, It's crazy how much in the last, I'd say, few years, it's been confirmed for me how much I fucking love roguelites. Because like, it started early PS4 generation with uh, Rogue Legacy when I finally got my hands on that. And I was like, damn oh, man, this game is, is procedurally generated, and, like, oh, man, the levels are randomized, me really learning what a roguelite was from that game.
2: Some say the best episode of Blessing Show.
1: Yeah, I mean, some say yeah. some would say. Yeah, go check that out. Um, but, yeah, like, that rogue legacy was such a, a banger for me, and it was so addicting. And then that then led into Dead Cells, and Dead Cells took it to another level where I was like, oh, man, like, it's that same kind of feeling, but also it looks fantastic, and, like, the gameplay is there and all this stuff, and then you get to Hades, and then you get to Returnal. And, like I talked about in that episode of the Blessing Show, more and more we're getting roguelites that are expanding the idea of what a roguelite can be and you know you talked you mentioned the infinite loadouts thing which sounds dope as hell i look at where they talk about infinite open worlds and i'm like what does that mean because that is a thing that like if they if they're able to nail that if they're able to hit that then that can be incredible i mean that brings a little bit back to the promise of no man's sky and when we got like those original trailers and then them flying off a planet and then zooming out and having like 17 quintillion or whatever the number of planets were uh and going to a planet and being able to Create, like, your own your own journey, right? Like, explore the way you want to and, and, and possibly explore worlds that have never been explored before, right? I think that is such a cool idea. And them being able to procedurally generate open worlds. From what we've seen in the trailer, the art style looks dope. Like, I'm kind of with you on Solar Ash, where I thought Solar Ash was good. It didn't blow me away by right. any means. I did really enjoy the art style, though. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they're taking a lot of those art style elements from Solar Ash and mixing that with this different genre and mixing in with the world of Hyper Light Drifter, which I know you love and I know a lot of people love, it seems like they're making a lot of the right decisions with this. And you describe it as their risk of rain, which I think is apt. And I also look at it as a, as a returnal as well, right? Where you saw how smart go from, hey, let's make Resogun, let's make Alienation, let's make uh, these 2D arcade games and then transition it into like this bigger 3D thing and really go hard and really market it and really make it something special. So far, that looks like what Hyper Lightbreaker is, Uh, and I'm all about it. Again, the gameplay looks dope. The action looks dope. It looks way more action-y than uh, even Solar Ash uh, was, Um, and yeah, I'm I'm all about it.
2: Yeah, the focus being on combat really excites me, and I know that uh, um, Heart Machine's combat in the past has been so on point. So yeah, I'm super stoked about it. I saw some people replying to Heart Machine, and that Twitter account has been doing a great job of kind of... um, you know, stopping any fears that people might have. I mm. saw one person reply, "Infinite worlds." That kind of that kind of worries me, right? Like, yeah. What does that What does that mean in terms of what I'm going to experience in the game? And a uh, heart machine keeps on pointing to the documentary that Daniel Dwyer, our friend, is working on uh, with NoClip, because NoClip has been doing sort of a here's making the game in progress, and they've been releasing episodic uh, or episodes of the making of Hyperlight Breaker which is super exciting. I don't mind that it's delayed. I, I, I know that a lot of people were super looking forward to that, but much like when Hades came out, I hopped into that early alpha access or whatever it was for Hades mm-hmm. and put it down I didn't play it again until it came out two, three years later or whatever it was. So that's probably going to be the case for me. I don't want to burn myself out on... Or, you know, I know the whole process and the whole uh, reason for these early access games is to give the devs... A better understanding of what works and what isn't working, and they have they they rely on so much community feedback for these early access events. I, I'd rather just kind of play the game yeah. when it's ready to See, go. And that's where know? I'm
1: at. Is I think it's dope that they're doing doing early access because that worked out so well for Hades, and I yep. think in a in the Roguelite genre, tweaking uh, tweaking like the uh, based on player feedback like across a wide player base is very important and very good because it is the thing of all right, at what rate should we be dropping these kind of items? Like, what kind of... They're so systems-based. What's
2: broken. Yeah, like,
1: figuring out what's broken in this thing, in this game system where anything can happen, especially when you're talking about not only infinite loadouts, but infinite open worlds. Yeah, like, you want to continue to test because you want to make sure that you get the balance right. I think at that point, it's all about balancing. Um, And I'm with you that, you know, Hades 2 was announced, and they announced that they're going to do early access, and I think that's going to drop... I want to say they said uh, later this year, I'm not going to play that. Like, I'm, I'm like, cool. Y'all beta test the game for me. When the game comes out, then I'll actually play the final thing in the way, same way that we did with Hades, and that, and you know, we played Hades, and that was such a fantastic experience because they went through the the that period of early access. I'm hoping that Hyper Light Breaker kind of gets this, the, uh, the the same thing, and I'm hoping that yeah, like that leads to things like the infinite open worlds thing actually hitting because I, I understand where that fear comes from because you go back to No Man's Sky or you go back to you look towards something like Starfield and you have this promise of. Oh, yeah, you have all these worlds to explore. well it's too ambitious? Is it too ambitious? Is is the content going to be good? Or is it going to feel like I am getting these bland, like, unoriginal um, worlds to explore because it's all made by a computer, right? right? Like, am I going to be getting something good out of this? I think early access is going to help with that. And then also, you know, I want them to try. That's my thing is, is there a chance for that idea to fail? Sure. But if that idea hits... Then that's gonna be something very special because if it is oh man okay let me pick up the game a bit today and and try and do another run and i am exploring this world that has like you know cool bits and pieces pulled from whatever their database is for the the the, um procedural generation um but if i'm getting like a oh man okay today i'm doing an, an ice world like okay cool let's go or like oh man this this part of the world is all lava i need this ability so i'm gonna i'm gonna go here and come back I think creating opportunities for that to happen um can be really cool.
2: And it excites me the idea that it does seem like it's going to be very Hades base where each area is going to kind of have a kind of a king boss, right? Like this is the mm-hmm. this is the the boss of this icy area or this pink forest. Again, you put red foliage in a game blessing. I'm in. Um Of course. For something to hold you over in the meantime if those of y'all weren't uh, able to maybe you're looking forward to Hyperlite Breaker and you weren't Uh, kind of expecting some sort of delay on there. Check out Lone Ruin. It's a cool little indie game uh, that I recommended to bless. It's a, Lone Ruin is a top-down neon-colored, everything is like blue and purple and pink and totally my vibe. And, uh, And it's pretty neat. It's just very, very simple. It kind of removes all of the, the big story elements, I would say, out of like most roguelites, which some people don't like, but I do like that this is just hop in and don't think and just play yeah, straight to the game and place. have sick ass uh, abilities. So this is a, a pretty cool one. and I think this is like one of my one of my favorites this year of just laying in bed, turning on the steam deck putting on a couple of episodes of My Hero on, you know what I'm saying, Barrett? Oh, man, Let's dude. Go. Let me tell I you, love bro. Show. Let, Let me tell you. Oh, that too. That too, yeah. That's it's also a, a thing
1: game. I love about Roguelites is that a lot of Roguelites make really good podcast games. Like, that's how I spent over 30 hours playing Returnal, is like, that was my game where I was just knocking out all the podcasts that I had stacked up. Same. Uh, I do want to shout out, uh, Pat Spence on Twitter um, replied to my tweet when I tweeted out that uh, this game looks sick as hell. Um, there's previews up for Hyper Light Breaker. The Polygon preview has this quote, which gets me excited. They say, get me in there. let me in the let's, preview. Let's get in there. Uh, let's break it down. In Hyper Lightbreaker, Breaker, you hack and slash enemies a la Hi- Hyper Light Drifter, glide across surreal and picturesque uh, expanses a la Solar Ash, get bludgeoned by giant brutal bosses a la Dark Souls oh, and wow. Elden Ring, and God. can team up with other players to overcome challenges a, a la Destiny 2. Come on, man. Like, Come on, bro. <laughs> this sounds sick as hell. Jesus, Louise. Like I know I said I'm not gonna play the 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 early access.
2: I might peek in there. Uh, I might peek in there just a little bit. To you see know, what's I had up. I hadn't seen this part of it either. Bless. And now I'm like, oh my god, dude. Come on. Yeah. Like, let's fucking. Because go. we've seen we've seen the previews of like there's one of the enemies that straight up just looks like bloodstarved beast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just a big ass kind of wolf looking werewolf sort of thing and you know that you got to be dodging and parrying at the right moments God, a, a neon
1: a neon dark souls-esque game with all those fucking colors is like down, the most bro. andy cortez thing. That, that, that's down. based in the world of hyper light drifter <laughs> get out of most down. andy cortez shit possible um do you think i need do i need to play Hyperlight drifter to play this game do you think
2: no because Hyperlight drifter's lore is very souls-like where it is like you're not being told anything. You're not watching cutscenes. Like, well, you're watching some cutscenes, but there's no dialogue. All the dialogue in the game is all based on little drawings. So when you talk to somebody, they talk to you in like a series of three drawings. Here's, what ha- here's how my life was. Then this dude came to town and just destroyed everybody. Now I'm alone here. Mm. And like, that's how you're kind of getting uh, the story come, uh, come across to you but you should just play it anyway because the boss fights are super fast and frenetic and awesome as shit and every time you clear a whole room your character goes that your fucking drifter just sticks your little sword in the ground yeah, I might it's, pick the, it up. it's the it's incredible
1: I, I was talking to a friend about this recently because i realized this about myself when it comes to difficult games give me like a 3d game and i'm good like give me a dark souls or like a bloodborne or Elden Ring or whatever or like a Sekiro or wolong i can handle myself pretty well if you give me something that's either 2d or top down that's where all my skill just dissipates like that's why like hollow knight is is such a difficult one for me to get into because the idea of engaging in difficult combat in 2d just destroys me for some reason i can do it in 3d all day but 2d just fucks me up
2: well you do have the different axis here of it being sort of top down you know i think yeah. side scroll side scrolling difficulty is certainly uh a different taste of difficulty, you know, like in Hollow Knight. I think that is, I understand where you're coming from there, but the idea that this is essentially a neon Legend of Zelda, um, Link to the Past type game, where you have a sword and a you have a fucking gun, or you have a sword made out of hard light, and you have a, oh, either cool. a pistol or a shotgun. Hard light. Dude, that's it's, crazy. I'm telling you, bro. Play, play Hyper Light Drifter, yeah. It's pretty good. That's dope.
1: Before we get into story number three, I wanna let you guys know about patreon.com slash kinda funny games over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors.
0: Shout out to Honey for sponsoring this episode. Honey is the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. And thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. And we all know there's nothing better than the feeling of saving money. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds, you see the fun little dancing guy, Honey searches for coupons, and it finds you the best ones. And then you just watch the prices drop. We here it Kind of Funny have been using Honey for years, and it's helped us save thousands on tech, costumes, food, you name it. Honestly, I just love how easy it is to just set and forget and Save—that's the best part. Honey doesn't just work on desktops; it works on your phone too. You just activate it on Safari on your phone. You save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. You can get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com/kinda funny. That's joinhoney.com/kinda funny. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. And breaking news. Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
1: Story number three, a prequel to The Last of Us was planned at one point. This is Jordan Midler at Video Games Chronicle. Naughty Dog had planned to let another studio make a prequel to The Last of Us at one point. It's been revealed. Studio co-president Neil Druckmann appeared on a kind of funny spoiler cast and claimed that another studio has set to adapt an element of the story that would later be repurposed for The Last of Us TV show. Spoilers for The Last of Us TV show. All right, if you don't want to be spoiled on The Last of Us HBO fast forward like five minutes unless you're watching live in that case get spoiled uh he kills ellie he kills ellie the element of the that'd be a, such a wild twist <laughs> he, <did> <laughs> he walks into the hospital room
2: he like aims at the doctor and then
1: points the gun at ellie is like twist bitch
2: he, <laughs> he, they show craig Maze and he's like yeah we felt like it was the best twist for the uh, for the show and they showed neil Druckmann he's like i don't know what craig was thinking yeah like, i the called the it i was idea. sick that day i didn't show up terrible idea. Fucking idea. Room in the episode man
1: <laughs> fucking craig. uh the element of the hbo show Dr- uh, Druckmann referred to was the inclusion of a fleshed-out backstory for Ellie's mother, played in the TV show by Ashley Johnson. The character, who is only briefly referred to in the game, plays a much more significant role in the series and is given a backstory that never appears in the video game series. It 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 is this story that Druckmann seems to claim would have been adapted by a different studio. Speaking to Kind of Funny, Druckmann said, quote, There was a more full version of the story that went more back in time uh, that was going to be made into a video game, not by Naughty Dog, but a different game studio. Quote, Greg Miller introduced me to that studio. We had talked to them for quite a while to do this thing, and then it didn't quite work out. End quote. What a fucking wild
2: story! THQ, it was who's embarrassing group. <laughs> yeah, rest,
1: rest in peace, THQ. It was gonna
2: be Volition. It was gonna be
1: Saints Row style. <laughs> Last was Ellie's mom was gonna say a lot of curse words, which she probably would anyway. Oh but. yeah, for sure. This is really cool. Like, it's one. It, one if you have finished the show, go watch the spoiler cast. It is a fantastic spoiler cast. It really is. Neil Druckmann didn't hold anything back. Like he answered all of our questions like he was actually very open and, and, and very cool to talk to um, and I think it is a must watch slash must listen episode but also yeah like we got a lot of tidbits like this and I'd say this is probably one of the of maybe like the two biggest stories to come out of that interview the other one being that like Naughty Dog has for sure chosen their, their next game that they're going to work on they didn't Neil didn't tell us anything about it other than like hey like, we know people want The Last of Us Part 3, can't talk about what we're working on next, but it has been decided, and we have reasons for why we decided on that thing, which I think is a pretty cool
2: tidbit that he shared. We're playing, well, yeah, we selected the thing we are all most excited for, yes. which I got to assume is not The Last of Us 3. I
1: don't think it's The Last of Us yeah. 3. Yeah, I think it's going to be a new IP.
2: Um, especially, uh, not only that, but also uh, some people in the comments mentioned that when Greg is talking about, all right, well, yeah, the next project as well as factions, right? Mm-hmm. And then Neil replied, yes, The Last of Us multiplayer game. Yeah, he didn't say factions.
1: I think it's not. I I think that's partly because they don't want to claim that they're calling it Last of Us Factions yet. And then also maybe it's just not called Last of Us Factions. I gotta assume it's not. maybe it's called the Last of Us multiplayer game. Yeah, put that on the box. (laughs) The Washington football team. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do? You have a guess on what the studio could have been on who who the studio could have been working on this game? Like, Um, what studio would you want to make a Last of Us prequel story?
2: Well, I guess it comes down to what we're what we're expecting out of what the game could be. If like I don't know if you just have another studio try to mirror what Naughty Dog did with The Last of Us. Mm. Like that doesn't seem super possible. So I got to assume it's a completely different style game. Like
1: mm. I don't puzzle game. I mean, a fighting game.
2: Like a telltale game. A
1: roguelite. Mm-hmm. Like that's
2: like I wouldn't in a similar way to where you know, Bayonetta is all wild or whatever, and then you get Bayonetta Origins, which is a totally different style video game, I got to assume that whatever this thing was going to be was going to be far different because it's just really hard to kind of make a game like Naughty Dog makes, and uh, immediately the comparisons would be out there. Naughty Dog didn't work on this. Mm-hmm. Look, look at this fucking game. Naughty Dog didn't work on this. It's yeah. obvious. Like Naughty Dog puts insane amounts of care and polish into their video games which is why even the last of us part two which came out four years ago now or whatever it was when was it three <laughs> three,
1: uh, oh, three, three years coming ago coming up on three
2: that, like the fact that it most of their games even like uncharted 4 still looks like it came out this past year yeah. you know what i mean like i feel like that's a really really tough ask to have another studio try to emulate that yeah. so i i gotta assume it would have been a far different video game maybe like a match three you've
1: had imagine <laughs> <match of> last <laughs> the match of us <laughs> uh, but like i i, I think you're on to something i also think you know the fact that we've had uh uncharted for the vita happen and like that game wasn't bad right like that game was was, was decent but it's one that always gets compared to to like proper un, proper being like console naughty dog yeah. uncharted and it's one that kind of falls by the wayside i do think that if this game was in talks after Uncharted uh, Golden Abyss, then you would think, "Hey, let's do this with the idea of, dude, the, whatever's going on outside is fucking." Crazy. The wind is crazy. The, the right wind now. in San Francisco, <laughs> y'all, is fucking insane the atmospheric right Atmospheric
2: river. We're about to <laughs> blow away right now. Yeah, if the
1: studio, if all of a sudden the camera goes sideways and like all fall to the side, it's because you know the wind why. just fucking flipped the studio over. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're on. You're onto something, right? Hey, what if we did something that was more either narrative, choose your own adventure? What if we could make a Last of Us game that is more like The Walking Dead from Telltale or like Heavy Rain or Life Strange or something like that. Or what if we made something that
2: like I, this is what I try to think. Some of. people throw out Deck Nine, which I think is a, a pretty good assumption.
1: And I was gonna say, what studio does Greg Miller have connections to? What studio would Greg Miller intro Neil Druckmann to? What if it was a Last of Us Gone Home style game? Is in first person, playing as Ellie's mom, pick, picking up items? Yeah, maybe oh, a right okay. maybe like something like that. Like who? do I mean, Telltale. I think I think Greg would have connections to Telltale uh, too. Um, but yeah, who knows? He who won't knows? tell us. No. Which <laughs> is bullshit. Yeah. What if you got him on the show? Is that him walking in? Oh, here he is. Greg Miller is walking in right now. Are you willing to share the secrets? Do you know what we're talking about right now? <laughs> is that a, do you have a peep in your
2: mouth right now? What are you chewing on? We're talking about the... Are you eating um, chicken at 1051 in the morning? Yo,
0: know, Mike makes things show up on DoorDash and you just eat it. You don't worry about it. So right, right now order. we're we're
1: talking about the prequel to the Last of Us game that got uh, that got canned yeah. and who we think that studio could have been. Do you <laughs> do you want to share the goods? No. Oh
0: man! Yeah. It's I I mean for me it was pretty clear we broke the news right because Neil broke it on
2: our show with a story about me. But since he did, he went out of his way not to say what the studio was, I feel like I can't either. Here's what, here's a blessing. When I go to WrestleMania, I'm gonna get enough alcohol in this man to put him down for weeks. But before that, I'm gonna be like, "So what was that studio, what was that bro? Studio? What, I'm gonna what get it out of it. I'm gonna get it out of I'll it.
0: I'll tell you guys. I don't.
2: You know. Oh, damn! I do not know it was that easy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say it's Fulbright. It's Fulbright. I'm gone home. The last bus. I was saying
2: Telltale. Yeah. I take. I wanna make bets someone in chat Pizza was be- saying kojima productions Pizza oh, be- oh could you imagine it. okay well that's a that's a studio that could make a a, <laughs> a fucking like a, a naughty dog style game so yeah, yeah turned I into Melody that survive that's yeah. how that
1: happened fucking crazy mm-hmm. story number four ps plus is getting a new day one release in april this is ryan Easby at playstation lifestyle ps plus is getting a new day one release in april and it's one you might not have seen coming meet your maker will be launching on ps plus on day one in april which could be a huge boon for the game itself meet your maker is a games as a service title in which you play is in which you play through other players user generated content that they've built thanks to the day one release this may mean that the game finds a larger player base which also means a larger variety of user
2: generated content have you been keeping up with Meet your maker at all no, I remember seeing it way back in some presentation. Maybe it was a state of play, or maybe it was some smaller uh, thing that we saw. I don't remember when this was, but it, the main character reminded me a lot of the main character in Loot River, and I just get oh. sad about how that game kind of came and went.
1: Did you did you ever check out Loot River?
2: I did, and it, it just wasn't for me. I just oh, it, I wasn't a huge fan I of it. I forgot
1: that came out. That looked so cool when we saw it in the showcase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is one... The, the, I remember when the original trailer dropped for Meteor Maker. I want to say it was sometime last year. And I I thought it looked really cool. I still think it looks really cool. The beta came out. I've not tried the beta. But the idea of you are playing through other users' generated dungeons, and they can, like, make these fucking kill rooms <laughs> for you to, to to get through. I think it's clever. I It comes with the worry of games that have a focus on user-generated content... You need a lot uh, of
2: fans for that. You
1: need a lot of fans for that, which I think is really smart that they're putting, putting it on PS+. Plus. But then I, a lot of the time, they, they come and go, right? I think of something like Dreams, which I love Dreams. I peek into Dreams every now and then. Like, every year, me, um, me, Greg, and Janet do the Impies for Dreams, which is their award show, and every single time I look back at it, I'm like, damn, Dreams is fucking cool as hell. Like, even just a few weeks ago, I tweeted out a um, some footage of a Dream that was basically this Xenoblade Chronicle style GRPG. and people are doing really cool things in Dreams, but people don't talk about Dreams at the same time. You know, it's not a game that... You hear about a bear shits in the wood you know yeah like i meet your maker that aspect of it worries me just from the user generated, and also is the user generated stuff going to be good are you gonna have a player base that really like brings the heat and is able- oh wow this clip looks interesting that brings the heat <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> dude is fucking crawling on the ground what the mm-hmm. fuck is that with that um that brings the heat and like is in you know a steady flow user generated content also progression through that stuff that is satisfying to play through
2: um, like, are they coming for Roblox's stuff? You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you gonna walk into like? I sort of got a blessing every time I get, go home visit my family. My nephew and nieces are always playing Roblox. I'm just like, please stop playing Roblox. Please, it's like God. it's a different
1: world because like it's like they have their own console it, it, in that game.
2: It truly is like I feel like the people that play Roblox don't know that other video games exist, mm-hmm. and like they don't necessarily even need to because the stuff in Roblox is crazy enough. Yeah. Because they're the 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 sort of community around it making stuff and making user-generated content is insane and i do i completely agree with you that i think it's so difficult for a game like Meet Your maker which again good on them for going to ps plus and you know opening themselves up to a wider audience but your game is going to live and die on the user-generated content
1: yeah. I, I mean i also look at something like mario maker and mario maker has its fan base of course but that that is a game with Mario in the title, where you can make unlimited Mario levels. And granted, some of this is on Nintendo because they just don't update shit as frequently as they probably should. Um, but even Mario Maker is one where I'm like, oh yeah, that's fucking on Switch. I can play that at any point, can't yeah. I? Like that's not that feels like a game that should be one of the biggest games in the world. It's unlimited Mario levels. Um, so yeah, people say the, Mario fell off. Nobody would say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for the Mario movie. Um, but yeah, like even that, I wouldn't say it came and went, right? But even that doesn't have as much staying power as you would think that it would. Right. Um, and so I'm curious to see how Meet Your Maker does. That It strikes me as one where week one, I think Meet Your Maker might be hot. I could see it, especially if it has the stuff. I think week one, Meet Your Maker is going to maybe, you know, have the conversations online and have, people have the eye of the public. Beyond week one, that's the thing I'm most curious about. Like, are you going to have the staying power? Are you going to stick around? Are people going to play this long term? But we shall see. Story number five, IO Interactive says the next major Hitman game is, a, is a, a little bit on hiatus. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. IO Interactive has told Hitman fans not to expect the next major entry in the franchise anytime soon. God damn it. Uh, while the studio plans <laughs> to continue evolving its World of Assassination trilogy, it appears to have shifted its primary focus to its upcoming James Bond project. In January, IO rebranded 2021's Hitman 3 as Hitman World of Assassination and incorporated content from Hitman 1 and Hitman 2 into the package. It also added a new game mode called Freelancer, a single-player offering featuring roguelite elements, strategic planning, and a customizable safehouse. And IO has told Eurogamer that fans can expect further experimentation with what Hitman can offer before the studio eventually begins work on a new mainline series entry. Quote, we have such a wonderful platform where we can keep experimenting with what the formula can do and what people expect of it, said IO co-owner and chief creative officer Christian Elverdom. Quote, and then at some point, obviously, as any creative, it would be nice to, to then go in and say, okay, well, with everything we've learned, what would that be if we had to rearticulate a sandbox? What would that look like? End quote. Elverdom added, quote, right now, a major uh, a major, major new Hitman game that's a little bit on hiatus uh, as we're building another Agent Fantasy uh, that's also taking up a lot of our time. But obviously, we'll come back to the to, to beloved Agent 47. He's still very much in the heart of this company, end quote. Uh, last month, Iowa announced that it's working on an online fantasy RPG. Like its Hitman and James Bond projects, the game is in development across its studios in Copenhagen, Malmo, and Barcelona. There you go. Sadly, and it is honestly, predictably... Sorry, uh, I, you assume that this is the case, right? Like, you're working on James Bond and you got a fantasy game. Do you guys have the space and time to work on Hitman? Especially after putting out this big Hitman update and then also, like, putting out the Hitman trilogy that I would still... I would I would go on and say Hitman World of Assassination is just the best stealth game ever. Like, it is fucking incredible what they achieved with Hitman World of Assassination. Take a break. I think we're good for now. Um, I think the idea of experimenting and doing periodic updates could be cool to see where you go with the next hitman the new mode hitman freelancer is such a good experience and such a smart idea and concept that's the roguelite hitman mode that they added i i see myself having infinite fun with it honestly right like it the, the, the has that randomization element where it is i can keep going back and have new things happen every single time i play the game I think that's cool. If we get a one new map a year, honestly, with that, I'm cool. I don't know if they're even going to do that, but I think with that, I'd be satisfied anyway. I think whatever they do for the next Hitman game has to be a bit more ground up. All right, you're revolutionizing what Hitman is once again. Like, we're finding new systems, we're finding new bananas to throw at people. Like, what are the different ways you can interact with the world to create an entirely new sandbox? I think that's what they need to do with the new Hitman. And that's going to take a very long time and so yeah focus on james bond focus on the the fantasy game and then like just continue to sit and think about hitman and experiment to see what you're going to do next that's what i'd say
2: yeah i think they're so set up to win like they not only are they working on this next big bond project and that's something you cannot mess up like that's a big ass ip you have um a lot of uh you have a lot of sort of status behind your name at IO, right? A lot of people are going to expect a lot out of this uh, new Bond game. But I think they set themselves up to uh, to succeed with this sort of roguelite mode in World of Assassination where it's almost just like a platform now. Yeah. It's not necessarily, like you don't have to necessarily worry about making a brand new campaign for whatever this DLC could possibly be in the future for Hitman. I know they said it's on hiatus, but like you just mentioned, there can be smaller updates in the future that don't need to be massive because they are now this sort of platform that you can just add a couple new weapons here and there Add it. Like there's so many, it opens them up for smaller wins that don't necessarily need to be massive content drops. Yeah. I think it's super smart.
1: Yeah. 1000%. It's funny because when they first started Hitman, uh, the, like Hitman, the new Hitman one, right? It's so like Hitman 2016. I want to say somewhere around there. You're right. Um, that was a, that was originally pitched as this platform. Hey, we're gonna do episodic. Like it is gonna, you're getting a new Hitman episode every other month or something like that. And then you got they did that rollout for Hitman one, and then they shifted with Hitman two because that didn't work out for them. Oh yeah, like we didn't get the money back. Turns out people will show up for episode one and then not show up for the next three episodes, and then when we put out the last episode, people will then buy the full thing. And so episodic just didn't work. But they had that in mind, right? The idea of a platform and a long lasting game you know hitman 2 was more of a standalone release hitman 3 was more of a standalone release but they've kept the idea of bring the old levels forward like continue to build this into a bigger package as we move forward and now i feel it feels like they're going back to the idea of how can we best make this a platform how like it becomes
2: like no man's sky or master chief collection or something like that you know yeah
1: and adding in this roguelite mode uh adding in like setting the expectation of hey, we can make it so that we have big updates and small updates and maybe update it um, as years go. I think they've treated it in a, in a very smart way, uh, and I think they've absolutely nailed what Hitman, has, what, what Hitman can be and I think what Hitman probably should be f- from now going forward. You know, yeah, sit on it and maybe do small updates here and there. I'm yeah. down for that. But then, you know, come back to Hitman eventually because <laughs> goddamn, what a good game uh final news story story number six microsoft announces a 10-year partnership to bring xbox games to to, to cloud service boosteroid this comes from chris scolian at video games chronicle microsoft has announced another 10-year partnership with a third party uh, as it continues to try and push uh, its acquisition of activision blizzard over the finish line the company has signed a 10-year agreement with boosteroid the largest global independent cloud gaming provider According to Microsoft, the deal will see Xbox PC games coming to Boosteroid, uh, uh, though it hasn't been confirmed when this will happen. Crucially, Microsoft also states that uh, should its acquisition of Activision Blizzard go ahead, the... No, you're not going to get me, Barrett. You're not going to get me on this one. I almost fucking got you. I you almost got me because I was like, "What is a banana partner?"
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's really good. The partnership will also see Activision Blizzard titles, including Call of Duty, being added to Boosteroid Two. Microsoft used the mm-hmm. announcement to repeat its claim that this deal uh, that this deal and other partnerships already announced will bring Call of Duty to quote more than 150 million additional players.
2: End quote. This is like one of them like um. Before I knew WhatsApp was the largest texting service in the world, I had no idea what yeah. WhatsApp was. Like, this is one of those things where I, like, didn't know, know Boosteroid was this popular. Um, and that just shows how myopic we can be as Americans sometimes.
1: Yeah, when, I mean, when I first saw the news story, I was like, Boosteroid? Interesting. And then, yeah, you read, like, the, the largest global independent cloud gaming provider. I'm like, oh, all right, no, that makes sense. All right, cool. Keep doing your, your, business your thing, moves. Microsoft. Yeah. yeah, business moves. Andy, I'm so curious to see what the final result of the Activision Blizzard acquisition ends up being, but the final results are so far away. If I wanted to come out to Drop Shops
2: today, where'd I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts, each and every weekday. Mm-hmm. do do
1: do 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 yeah. yeah. do
2: no. no.
1: my family so my family spread out like globally and so i guess that makes sense why we would would use up whatsapp but i always like i keep thinking of it as something that everybody uses
2: i started using whatsapp because of lucy tam and simon and then i hadn't really used it since ever since lucy and Tam moved over here yeah but like yeah that's when i started using it when we were having our overwatch dates
1: that's funny because i still message tam and lucy on whatsapp specifically (laughs) if i need to text them yeah specifically (laughs) i never thought about the fact that they probably just have american numbers out today we got escape from the red planet for pc vernal edge for pc ps4 ps5 xbox one xbox series x and switch Legend of Heroes Trails to Azure for PC, PS4, Switch. Terminal Velocity for a uh, boosted edition for PC. Valheim Game Preview. Now, you're not getting me. You're not getting yeah, he, me That was the last second Hail Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Banana Game. Day, I, Day, I Day. saw you Day. type that in. <laughs> uh, Valheim <laughs> Banana Game Preview for Xbox One and <laughs> Xbox Series X. Hot Wheels Rift Rally for PS5, PS4, uh, and mobile. Uh, and then Delete After Reading for PC and mobile. I'm going to delete that. Uh, new days for you varney lake uh, did i just oh no that was vernal edge varney lake releases april 28th for pc ps4 ps5 xbox series x xbox one and switch lightyear frontier early access has been delayed to an unknown date puzzle quest 3 is scheduled for uh, worldwide release on april 18th for xbox series x xbox one ps5 and ps4 tron identity launches april 11th for switch and pc let's fucking go uh, and then System Shock Remake has been delayed to May 30th with no date for the console version.
2: That's a lot of video games, but, I mean, I've just been playing Destiny 2 so much, plus. Oh, yeah? I've just been on the Destiny 2 trade. Oh, I'm man. addicted, bro. I'm I, addicted. I'm
1: kind of excited for, Tr- for Tron Identity. I, that was, Of course, that was a uh, Bithel? Mike Bithell joint, and that was part of the Disney and Marvel Game Showcase. And Mike Bithell personally sold me on this game, and so... Yeah, look forward to Tron
2: Identity. Heard a good looking man uh
1: kinda helped reveal that game. A very good looking man did. Who had a who had a haircut that at first he wasn't feeling, but then he grew into it.
2: He also revealed um the 4v4 Avatar game. We going to talk about that.
1: <laughs> Deal of the day for you. Deal of the day for you. Uh War Groove, Double Trouble, Banana God damn it! God, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> I was like, he's not gonna give me today. He's not gonna give me today. Wardrobe Double Trouble Banana Bundle is five ninety nine on the US e shop. Remember when Nick Carpinio was super into
2: groove Was he? Think really? about that. No. He was really into Wardroove. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. that's funny. It was a place in time. Yeah is he is he excited for Advanced Wars One Plus Two? I, I don't know. I don't know. But he was really into Wardroove. Is he excited for Wargroove Two? We'll have to ask him. Yeah. We'll have he to find out Does he know? know he, does, he definitely doesn't know what exists. He has no shot. No shot. He thinks uh, it
1: he's going to go crazy for War Group 2. Was he making his own campaigns and shit?
2: I just remember him being like, I like the little
1: dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now it's time. For kindofunny.com of slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct her for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. And you have just one you're wrong for you. Kebabs writes in and says, No man's sky contains 18 quintillion planets per galaxy. Uh, that is, per galaxy, there's 255 galaxies to explore. You're telling me there's 18 quillion, or no, 18 quintillion times two hundred fifty five gal- uh, yeah 255 galaxies planets that's fucking crazy it's too much it's too much who's gonna explore all that i ain't got the time for that Mm -hmm. i got i got a job (laughs) if i was jobless maybe (laughs) if i didn't have a full-time job maybe i could explore that i'm I'm playing destiny too and that that video game at least has seven planets Mm -hmm. to explore tomorrow's hosts for kind of funny games daily are me and greg miller the man who won't tell you that Fulbright Studio was the, the one hiding. working on the, pre- the prequel to The Last of Us. Uh, if you're watching this live after this, is Sons of the Forest with Mike, Andy, and Nick. If you want to cast that stream later, you can subscribe to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Remember this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every day live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, Game Daily.